Welcome back to the Well Actually Podcast. Yes, we're back. Thank you for listening, however you may be listening. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to the Well Actually Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course YouTube for the videos. Yes, we're back with the videos as well. Uh, we have a lot to catch up on. And for this week's episode, we have something really special. I know I say that every week, but this one, once you get into the episode, you'll see what I mean. Also, if you're interested in being a guest on a podcast, you can reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just look for the Well Actually podcast with the green and white logo. All right, let's get to it. All right, so welcome to the Well Actually podcast. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I've been off for a while, but you know, life happens and we're going to try our best to catch you up on everything that's happened in the meantime. I'm joined by uh, one of my friends, or a very good friend, and he's one of the more uh, politically inclined members of the group. So, uh, would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh, the name is uh, Aya. I go by JJ, and thank you for having me here. All right. No problem. So, uh, first thing I want to get into is, uh, how's married life? Like, you got, you got married <laughs> over the summer, and yeah. uh, how is that treating you now? Well, it's good. I got married, uh, official, and you know, and stuff like that. And marriage is actually has been fun. You understand? It's not as scary as people try to, you know, make it seem. And I'm lucky to, to have my wife. Uh, she's made it easy. <laughs> she's made it easy on me. You understand? And we've had our ups and downs, just like every, you know. Yes, it's only two months. What ups and downs are you talking about? <laughs> but we've been having a good time. We actually we went to Florida for our honeymoon. We went to Miami Beach. Okay, and, you know it was it was really good, and we've just been you know learning about each other. You know, getting that guilty free sex. You know? Wow. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, that, that that's a good part of it. The things you can do with your wife. Trust me. Uh, I was not expecting that kind of revelation so soon, but. You never know what happens on the Well Actually podcast. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, a lot of things have happened uh, since we last spoke to you. So, yes, we're just going to dive into some... Well, this is usually where we have our news and notes, but we got a lot of news to catch up on. So, we're just going to like try and stick to the more pressing ones, the things that a lot of people have been talking about lately. And the first thing I wanted to talk about was... Well, the Popeye's chicken sandwich, bro. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if you've had it yourself uh, when it first came out. Like that's how long it's been since we're on. Like when we were on last, the sandwich actually came out after that. It went away. They actually told you to do like build a sandwich, bring in the, your own bun, bring your own buns, yeah, and then they can give you the patty, and and then that just was not working for everybody. So what? now they're back with a vengeance. They've They've re-upped on their bread supply. I'm, that's not even a fake line. That is real. Mm-hmm. They re-upped on their bread supply. They, you know, they they got it ready, and then they're ready for everyone that's coming out. So, what is your take on the whole Popeyes thing? Well, uh, actually, uh, you know, like the name of the show says, okay, good there, there are a couple of places where you're gonna see black people in a queue. Mm. You know, Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, you know, Black Friday mm. uh, when there's a new Jordan mm-hmm. that is out and. It's the same level of craze, you know, that is out there with this chicken. And I, I don't get it. Recently, uh, someone actually got killed over the chicken. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you brought <laughs> that up. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, so 
So the thing is, I know black people, we have our faults, we have our misgivings, we have our uh, places where we fall short. But I don't appreciate when when media at large or commentators or just people who say things on the internet mm-hmm. put like unnecessary, like unnecessary dis- disparaging remarks against black people. Or like, oh, they're killing each other over chicken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First of all, that whole narrative is false and has been proven false because the people involved in that whole altercation, it was already proven that they had passed beef. They have passed beef. So, so the chicken just sealed the deal? So it was, no, it was just a matter of, they could have been in, at Popeye's, they could have been at a Best Buy, they could have been at uh, a Redeemed Church. It didn't matter. It was on site with the two of them. And it just so happened that they met in line at a Popeye's and unfortunately somebody, you know, somebody lost their life. But the whole way that he's like, oh, black people killing each other over chicken. Like, come on, man. Like, y'all just playing up this stereotype of. And another thing, another thing I want to add to that. Yeah. Like, why is that when black people are enjoying things like we're supposed to feel guilty about it? Like, first of all, who the hell doesn't like chicken? There were, there were black people in line. There were white people, Spanish people, Asian people. Okay, maybe not Asian people because maybe they were doing their own thing. They are doing their own thing, definitely. But they were, like, everybody was in line for the chicken. But it's like, only black people are singled out as being these chicken fiends. But nobody wants to discuss the long-ass lines at Chick-fil-A, first of all. Uh-huh. Because Chick-fil-A on Route 22 would be having lines all the way down to freaking Panda Express. But, you know, we're not going to discuss that because that's not necessarily black people. <laughs> But then again, it's it's a fucking chicken sandwich, man. Like, why why is that so difficult for people to like? People want to eat chicken. Like, if there was a line at McDonald's, you would, would anyone have anything to say? Yeah. But anyway, I'm just getting unnecessarily hyped up off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 just a quick add to that, and not to get all serious, <laughs> is that type of news story sell? Think true, about it. True. Think about it. Like, there's a certain way that the media paints black people, and for some mm-hmm. reason, and and so to say, like, black people, we fall victims for it also. Every single time. When there's this new hypeness, we all go after it. And before you know it, it becomes newsworthy. Uh, it becomes sensation. Uh, you know, it becomes a new sensation. Pretty much. And every single person, like, they were like, every single time. We just go there. We rush it. And, you know, I remember one of your guests came on, John. You know, and at the end of the day, who makes the money off of all this thing? Is the white man. You understand? Mm-hmm. But but not to go down that rabbit hole. But hey, I have no problem with people eating the sandwich. I haven't had it myself. You understand? If people love it, it, it takes away from from the day-to-day pain that people feel. And, you know, we try to find a way to make ourselves happy. Okay. And uh, another thing that that came up during this whole discussion was, oh, um, black people would, uh, they're more likely to get in line for that than to vote. And two things to that. First one being, first of all, there's like a multi-million dollar ad campaign designed around, one, your awareness of the sandwich, and two, making you feel like you need to get it. So that means someone is actively trying to get you to try this sandwich. Sure. That it is like a concerted effort behind marketers, researchers, advertisers, everything, the whole thing, and also making the product available. Sure. Now, when you uh, contrast that with voting and the history of voting in this country as it pertains to black people, uh, gerrymandering, Uh uh, the fact that they actually make it 
more difficult to vote, to vote as a black person as a black or even state, just state as ID, a, state yes voting, like the, you know, like the requirements and, like and all that and the fact that voting typically happens on a freaking tuesday when other countries that are not even as quote-unquote developed as the united states vote on weekends when more people can typically vote that's why voter turnout is never more than like what 34 percent on of average the of yeah. the population because people cannot afford to miss work for it it's not a public holiday or anything so it's like be careful the kind of things that you repeat as it as it pertains to black people talking about that oh they would be more likely to buy a chicken sandwich and to get in line to vote because there's nobody actively trying to stop you from buying a chicken sandwich in fact they're doing the exact opposite they're spending a lot of money trying to get you in there and the thing is when it comes to voting you vote for who you know if i have no idea first of all that there is an election this election that just passed was a local election so you're less likely to know anything about the candidates and in local elections people are more likely to vote for the incumbent because that's the only name they know that's true so it's like the thing is it's very dangerous when you try and put the two against each other because one they have different levels of something real quick and to start from where you started you said uh, there's more money that goes into like promoting the the chicken sandwich, which I'm go- I'm gonna disagree with you on that because typically political campaigns put more money. But think about it this way: when the black chicken, <laughs> I almost said the black chicken sandwich, mm. but the Popeyes chicken sandwich, uh, it actually gets promoted more by word of mouth, by what is on the internet, and they get free promotion from the initial rush. That people hold on, hold uh, no, on. no, because I, I because I I know what you're saying, but that whole thing of free promotion, what you are calling free promotion, is actually targeted promotion. It is targeted. Yeah, I, I agree. so so they know who, just like how people use influencers and and uh, celebrities and all that, because they know like if I advertise to someone with a hundred thousand followers mm-hmm. and that person advertises, that doesn't mean I'm getting free promotion. That means I'm getting smart promotion. It, so it's like if I tell no, but that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm promoting to this person because I know this per, what this person's reach is, and I know how active this person's followers are. But 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 don't look at don't look at it from an influencer perspective. Let's actually look at a typical example that usually happens. Mm-hmm. If you notice, you've made me go to Seven Eleven mm-hmm. to drink sloppy mm-hmm. than any campaign mm. could have ever done. Okay, you understand. Just based on your love for it. Mm-hmm. You understand? And that's the same thing with the chicken sandwich, where it's not about them reaching out to influencers. It's just one person enjoying it. It becomes viral, which, if you don't mind for us to look at it, it's actually a problem with our generation. Where when something, things get lots more adverts, just from the fact that it's going viral. More than the initial money that is put in it. And one final thing, one final thing real quick. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the part that really pains me the most in this whole topic. You get the benefit of the chicken sandwich immediately. You can feel the benefit of the chicken sandwich immediately. You can't say the same about your vote in America. You understand? Mm. You know, they will say, oh, all vote counts, all vote counts. I really think your vote only counts when you finally, you know, later on get the benefits are there program put in place by the people that you vote for. If I get a chicken sandwich right now, my taste bud feels it, my stomach feels it, I feel happy, you know, probably going to sleep after it. You understand? But you can't say the same about the voting process. You understand? And yes, you're right. There are 
they are more barriers. If I feel the impact of my votes, you understand? If I know that, oh, votes told you for president hmm. and then told you put in laws, you know, you know, it can happen. Told you put in law that will allow my school debt to be erased. Yes. I actually feel my school debt, you know, my loans going away. I'm able to, you know, send my kid to a two-year college and they don't have to pay. Mm. You understand? That will make it go viral. I lived in Union for 15 years. Mm. I don't even know the council leaders in Union. No, no, let's, let's keep it real. This is a real problem. I don't know the council leaders in Union. And I was in Union for 15 years, in Hillside for 15 years. I know there are a number of times that people will come to that neighborhood and give us flyers. Oh, vote Ortega Rodriguez for this or vote him for that. And we don't take it serious because we don't know the impact of that vote, of what other vote turns. John Oliver was saying something recently about uh, the way the prosecutors at the county levels are selected. And he was talking about how it affects how much time you spend in jail and things like that. Do you know that we could decide that? In Ilside, Ilside probably have more black people than white people. Hmm. And yet, in Ilside, the, and I don't know whether the name, I don't know whether it's called the prosecutor, but the person that is like, you know, the local level attorney general in hmm. Ilside is white. Ilside have more minority population, but it is white. And guess what? This is the person that when you have a court case for a drug or something, they are the one that will give recommendation. So, you know, well, oh, guess what? Maybe we should give him 10 to 15 or 5 to 10 and stuff. And people don't feel the impact of those type of votes. People don't know, like, you know, okay, if we elect this type of person, it actually directly influences us. And, you know, we'll move forward, but... I still have a bit more to say because I had right, a conversation yeah. with my wife recently mm. that we even shed some light into how people think about their vote and people that were put in office. All right. So, yeah, I like I said, he's very politically inclined, as you might already like surmise. But don't worry, there's, there's going to be a, a portion of the podcast where we discuss like politics in particular. So another thing that was maddening, or at least the response to it that was maddening to me in particular was... Well, uh, y'all boy, uh, Kanye West, I guess, I guess, uh, <laughs> oh he, he released the album or whatever. I don't know. Jesus is King. I agree with the sentiment. I agree with the title of the album. I don't agree with anything Kanye says, anything Kanye does, anything Kanye stands for. I've listened, I've tried to listen to his album because y'all keep, uh, insisting that he's some sort of genius. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I could only listen to one out of, I don't know how many albums he had. And then the one with Jay-Z, that was it. The rest were just, I got a headache off of it. And I, I basically, I get a headache off of everything that Kanye, that does, Kanye does. And everything that Kanye says, everything that comes out of Kanye's mouth. And especially once he got into the whole, uh, well, when he got in bed with y'all's president, <laughs> that just was like the final straw. Like, I don't know how y'all keep caping up for him, but <clears throat> y'all are really determined to like keep riding for him, even though he has made it abundantly clear that he does not really like treat y'all with any kind of respect. Meanwhile, y'all don't cancel Chrisette Michelle because she made one performance and she thought she was being subversive with her little dress that she keeps referring to every time she mentions that. But you know what? I'm just going to let that go. So uh, did you, you had something to say about uh, Kanye and his album or 
Oh uh, man, the the old Kanye thing is interesting, mm-hmm. very interesting, and I and I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know all of Kanye's work. Mm. You know, you're not missing much. Don't you know, you know. I mean, I, I was able to go back uh, and listen to some of his work. You know, the likes of College Dropout, the likes of you know Graduation. When nah. people would say bring back old Kanye and stuff, stuff yeah, like that, they should keep but, all of it. You know, here's the thing. Um, I agree with some of current Kanye's message. Okay. I, I now, okay. Do. Okay. Now, now this I want to hear. I, I do. All right. Let, let, what, what do you, you agree with? I agree with you know when it comes out with okay, black people we are too much into luxurious stuff. Okay. No. 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 I will I, tell you. There's I, a I am not. I am not there, getting preached to no, by. No. 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 There's a bot, and that's where I'm going. I'm not getting. I'm not getting preached. I. 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 No. I refuse to be preached to about luxury and and. And, and any kind of whatever Kanye has to see on that when he's selling $500 t- that okay. is the point okay. and that's right. the point you okay. see right. I'm, I'm a big believer and I always say mm-hmm. this all these big rappers that makes money mm-hmm. remember we were looking at a video in uh, Atlanta strip club where they spray wait, close wait, to wait, 1 million one wait, night wait wait let, wait wait provide some proper context this okay. one that you're saying we were looking at video so wait. so so here's the context I think it's about a year and a half ago there mm-hmm. was this video on uh, on Twitter uh, they showed about some hip hop stars. They go, they went into this club, and over the course of the nights, they spent close to one million dollars. Okay, so what we were looking at is the fact that they were spending money. Not, they were looking. Yes, okay, that, that's not, what I'm trying to say. Not, I'm not, a married not, man. I'm not okay, allowed to do that. All right, that. just you know. I'm just. But, but, right, but, but I, I'm talking about myself specifically. <laughs> you, you're on your own there. But, okay. but back to the Kanye thing. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. Uh, we can't always expect all our messengers to be perfect, but the messenger needs to do a better job of owning the things that they've done or the things that they're doing and putting efforts to stop it. You can't be selling a $250 sweater, a $400 sneaker that by the time people are reselling it is $1,000. And then you say, oh, guess what? Black people are only interested in luxurious things. I'm sorry, you are perpetrating the same thing that you're preaching against. So yes, some of the messages are good. Some of the message of, you know, don't don't let us be mental slaves. We need to start thinking different. You understand? All those things are good. But now, here's the fear. And I'm saying this as a Christian. Okay? I'm saying, and I'm not trying to get all preachy. Mm-hmm. There have been many people in the Bible that, you know, God used, converted and stuff. And I think that's the fear of some Christians. We can get on band with Kanye right now. And then the next video releases, there's some woman there, butt naked on a strip on a stripper pole. You understand? And I think people are trying to be careful in terms of okay, do we believe this new Kanye? I believe that anybody can get in. And I and I actually said this on Twitter the other day. The Sunday service Kanye is doing, I know that many people are hearing about God for the first time because of that. But then, not also once again, not to get all preachy, but this is who I am. I'm a born again Christian. I hope people are getting a chance to meet Christ. I hope people are actually being introduced, prayed for, and stuff. You understand? But Kanye is going to do Kanye. We don't know the next thing Kanye West is going to say. I hate the fact that he's in bed with we know who. Mm. You know the guy. I'm not going to... I don't even want to give him the dignity of calling him president. You understand? I think that is very stupid. But at the end of the day, he's entitled to his own political opinions. You understand? No matter how crazy it is. All right, so there are a couple things that you said that I I want to focus on. So I, in even in things that I agree with, I understand like there's no perfect messenger, 
True. But then there's also the thing of, even though you're not a perfect messenger, there's also like, you don't want a hypocrite as well. So, so the thing is, everything that he says, and this, uh, he being Kanye, everything that he says comes off as being hypocritical because everything he says is very self-serving. He talks, he talks about, um, not wanting, uh, people to be into luxurious items or to only like black things because he was denied access into certain circles in, in fashion Mm -hmm. until he got his, uh, hookup with Adidas. Mm -hmm. So it's like he wanted us to boycott all that until he had something to sell. And then it's like, okay, come along and, and purchase this. If you, and if you don't buy it, you're not, you're not supporting black. Or then, the, then it's like, oh, mental slavery and all that. And then he had the audacity to say uh, slavery was a choice. And I'm like, first of all, okay, let's say you're even being metaphorical or trying to be fake deep or whatever. Once you, once you heard how hurt that made people, anyone with any dignity or any, with any sense of like, like decency would apologize and try to clarify. But then you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm just trying to spread love. I'm like, no, you're spreading ignorance. And that's, um, this dude that worked at TMZ or he used to work at TMZ, Van Lathan. He said as much when he saw Kanye in person, cause Kanye was at the TMZ offices around the time when he made that statement and he let him have it. Like, what you're saying is like not only ignorant, it's hurtful because like I guess Van is from his family from Louisiana, so mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, he still mm-hmm. has like a lot of roots to so like, he, stuff. Yeah, he like walks past trees where they said were good for lynching. And you're gonna tell him that uh slavery was a choice. Uh, I actually I, I have I have something, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the problem with people like Kanye when they speak. And mm-hmm. actually it's, it's the old thing, you know, on the internet you see uh, they will say 9-11, never forget. Mm. Uh, did Kanye say, yeah, is he going to claim that the people mm. of Holocaust are also, they decided to be, you know, yeah. killed because they were, would they want to? And that and that yeah. part of, and, and I don't think, and, and that's the thing about the culture we are, when someone is rich, we always believe whatever comes out of their mouth is of high intellect mm. and they're actually introspective and they think very well. I disagree. It, it's not... I don't think he's as yes he's made his money. I probably don't have one one thousandth or one ten thousandth of the amount Kanye has, but Kanye is not as intellectually smart or in his thought in the way he speaks. But I'm just saying out of everything that is said, you understand? There are some things that I agree with. But at the end of the day, he, he he should apologize for that. I know he didn't apologize. He found some stupid excuse, you know, to put for what he said. Which he always does. You know, which he always does. You understand? And, but but at the end of the day, we can't just throw away, you know, we can't, you know, is it that you don't throw away the bat water with the baby, you know, type of a thing. So <laughs> now, gotta find so, something so to now, so now, so now I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too. So one this thing first came out when he was buddy buddy with uh the president mm-hmm. everybody was talking about oh, they were canceling kanye sure then the thing about the slavery canceling kanye sure here we are literally since those those incidents he has released two albums and y'all have bumped all of, like both of them oh. What is happening specifically so, with this y'all thing? So, though. This, not is, me. This, this is the royal y'all. Like this is you all. All of y'all have have still been bumping him. So I'm like, 
how much weight does this your cancellation carry? Because uh, it's like, uh, uh, like y'all cancel people unless the beats are tight, and then you know what? Eh, you know, live and let live. I'm like, so it, it it seems like maybe he has found his audience because he's a hypocrite, and some of y'all are too. Hypocrite. But you know, <laughs> but, 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 but before we move on, you know, mm-hmm. and this is actually a small. Uh, is a microcosm of what we deal with in this uh, generation. We have a very short attention span. Mm. Very, very short. You know, uh, we jump from one challenge to the other. Uh, it was for the ALS challenge, then something else will come, we jump on it, something else will come, we jump on it. We don't, we, we just make decisions based on what are people pushing. You understand? And that and that that's the problem. You know, I don't believe in the cancel culture. I'll be very honest. You understand? We have that disagreement about how Kelly the man and how Kelly the musician and stuff like that. If uh, art is good, I'll listen to it regardless. All right. But we're not gonna go down. Oh that. no, no, we, we, no, we are. We're no, no, we, we weren't that. going to, but we are. We are. We are now. You, you understand? So, but. All right. So <laughs> since since you're saying the man versus the music or the man versus the art, art versus artists. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it specifically about Kanye for now. Okay. Because the reason why a lot of Kanye's words carry so much weight is because he has been given this platform as a quote-unquote genius mm. because of his how proficient he is at his art. True. So once you start giving... So it's like you cannot separate the art from the artist if you're giving him this benefit of the doubt as the artist. His genius at, from the art is now carrying over to what he says. Indi- that's so, no, based on individual, and no, that's why so, people then, need to be able to so then, know no, but, the difference. But then, if so, if you're trying to separate the art from the artist, he's getting this. He's getting this platform to spew this nonsense. He's giving this this false uh, this false characterization as a genius based off of making beats and raps, and he has proven time and time again that he's the farthest thing from a genius. Outside of the musical realm, and me personally, I don't even see him as a genius within the musical realm. <laughs> but now, like once you start stepping out into something that like people's lives are at stake, things That's actually true. matter. That's true. And he's still giving this credence as as a as a genius. And it's like time and time again, like for the last decade, he has given us multiple reasons to show that he's not a genius. That's true. But again, he keeps getting these these opportunities, these platforms, this pulpit, this megaphone, this microphone, however you want to say it, as this genius. Because of his art. So it's like, you people keep saying you know, art versus artist. And honestly, at this point, I'm not even judging anybody based on that. Like, you can you can make your decisions on your own. Don't allow me to stop you. I'm going to think you're a hypocrite regardless. Because mm. it's like, uh, you mentioned R. Kelly, so I'm going to go there. It's like, how you, oh, the, the beats or uh, the music is good or whatever. And I, I loved his music. Like... It wasn't until recently that I removed his music. Like, I never sought out... After the whole uh, Lifetime uh, document the, 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 docuseries, series, yeah. I stopped listening to his music. I still had his songs on my playlist, but I recently removed them. Because not only was he... Not only was he act, actually singing about a lot of his exploits, but you have to understand that the people that were being brought to him... Mm-hmm. You keep saying separating the uh, the art from the artist. The people that were being brought to him specifically were being brought to him so that because because of the art mm-hmm. so it's like so his art was not only protecting him from from prosecution from investigation from scrutiny but it was actually being used as bait so not only was he flaunting his crimes mm-hmm. he was using it as bait to lure more victims 
And then, of course, it's like the people that he wasn't actually actively luring when he went out to hunt. And I'm saying hunt because mm-hmm. he was and is a predator. He is. I agree with yes. that. So it's like it was an open secret because like ask anyone who grew up in Chicago in the late 90s, early 2000s. Even as soon as recently as this freaking decade. Mm-hmm. So this someone who has been doing this for the past 25 years in the open. And do you know what is covering him? Oh, this is Robert. He makes music that we can all step to. I'm like, how are you now supposed to separate the, the art from the artist when the art is what is protecting him from justice? So, so uh, and, uh, and I understand this, this is it's kind of tricky. And, mm-hmm. and let's be very honest. It's kind mm-hmm. of tricky. I can understand that, okay, the more we listen to the heart, whether it's Kanye or whether it is R. Kelly, they make money off of those things. Then the money in turn give them the protection. Right. You understand? So, mm-hmm. you know, not that they act direct, and of course, and, and in the no thing wait, they mix wait, from but, it. But let me, let me be clear. I'm, in no way am I comparing like, apples to apples. No, or no, 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 I, no, no. Let's, let's I, be yes, clear. We're not saying okay. Kanye is Akali, but no, okay. I, I'm just much more looking at, when I'm listening to an Akali song, for example, I'm not listening to, okay, I'm not listening to the man-man himself. I'm just mu- listening to the musicality of whatever is being produced. Okay, and then and then, but uh, then okay, you're listening to the musicality, and then what about once you hear AJ nothing but a number? <laughs> then what? But that also could be true. He it was. Oh no 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 no! Here's the thing. I we can say AJ nothing but a number. When I listen to it, the first thought on my head won't be oh. Let me go molest a sixteen year old. Yeah, but it was written for a fifteen year old. <laughs> Yes. The inspiration came from no, a 15 no, year old. It, no, he wrote it for a 15 year old. Which is uh, Aaliyah. Aaliyah, yes. I believe, right? He wrote it and guess what? for I guess, her. So I guess this and, is where... And on the album art, the mm-hmm. album art, he was literally in the background now, now, of that album art. Now, can I just, just, to, just to him impose himself within the art. And I guess this is where your knowledge is a blessing on the course. Mm. You understand? Because, yes, I do know he has this thing with Aliyah and they later got married and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I she was underage. Yeah, when yeah. she was underage. Until right now, right now, I didn't know the song was dedicated to Aliyah. You understand? No, it was, see, this was Aliyah's song. Mm-hmm. He wrote it for her. For her. As in, he was the writer of the, the writer song. Of the song. Mm-hmm. So, all I'm just saying is, when me, with not that much knowledge like you, mm-hmm. when I listen to it, I'm not... I'm not looking at all the intricacies, the mm-hmm. background meaning and everything. I'm just probably at a lot. Okay, but, a, a but, so, but, but sorry, okay. Video, you know, but, sorry, but sorry to say, now now you have that knowledge. So going forward, you cannot, ignorance is no longer an it's, excuse. It's, it's no longer an excuse, but I'm, I'm still going to step to, you know, step into the name of Lord though. Oh, wow! Who did he write that? To? I he, he was he wrote it for all the old people in Chicago that have been covering up his crimes. But you know what? I well, think anyway, let's, I, let's I think I think on. I think this is a good place to take a break. Yeah. So we'll we'll be right back after a short break. All right, so we're back at the Well Actually podcast. Huh. So we're joined by JJ, and of course, we're joined by his better half, a, a world-renowned. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a world-renowned and world-trained professional mm-hmm. on the next topic that we're going to be discussing because it can't just be two guys talking about this subject. Yeah. And I'm going to bring her in after we play the clip because in case some of you haven't heard, well, T.I. put his foot in his mouth yet again. And he, well, you know what? I'm just going to play the clip and let you guys decide for yourself. And yes, not only have we had a conversation, we have yearly trips to the gynecologist to check her height. Oh, you, 
Do you Birthday go with her? She's a prisoner. <laughs> yes, I go with her. So we'll go. You know what I mean? I say, Deja, they want you to sign this. <laughs> they want you to sign this. this right now. Want you to sign I need to know if your hymen's still there. So we can uh, share information. Do you have is anything? Is there anything that you would not want me to know? Oh, okay. See, Doc, ain't no problem. So. All right. Wow. So, uh, in case it wasn't clear, that was Ti talking about accompanying his 18-year-old daughter to her trips to the gynecologist and specifically uh, checking. It was an ongoing appointment, I guess, on checking <laughs> on the status of her hymen, uh, virginity, <laughs> in respect to virginity. And like I said, uh, let us welcome uh, doc, uh, Dr. Mrs. Fatoroti to the program. Okay. Uh, a world-renowned. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Please introduce yourself, ma'am. Hi, everyone. So um, I'm July Pataroti. I'm an OBGYN by profession. It's interesting. We're laughing about this. There's really nothing funny about this. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, there's really nothing funny about this. Um, there is no evidence-based medicine that you can um, confirm someone's virginity. Um, and using a hymen to, to determine that is completely absurd. Hmm. Actually, this is my first time seeing this clip, but I'm actually more upset because the OBGYN who had this um, daughter and father come to their office entertained it. And honestly, you know, as professionals, if we see something that doesn't make sense or needs more education, it's, it's our duty to um, inform the, the, pa- the patients that, you know, we're not going to do this public examination. I mean, this girl is less than 18, never had sex before, and we're subjecting her to an invasive um, public examination. Mm-hmm. It's completely absurd. And I'm, I'm surprised that T.I., they didn't call child support on him, to be quite honest. Um, that's just my take on it. Yeah, but remember when we were actually talking about this driving yesterday, uh, you spoke something about the mental state on T.I., like his mental status. So yes. can, you, can you speak more oh, on that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that um, T.I. probably has undergone, he's he's a lot of complex issues. You know, he's a guy who's probably um, been with tons of women. He has a lot of concerns about his daughter and her safety and, you know, her being a virgin. And I think that as a, pa- a parent, we should, you know, train our children. We should try to encourage them to do good things or to do, make better decisions. But it seems like he's imposing on her some of his concerns and his issues of how he's treated women in the past. Mm. Um, and so, you know, she's subject to his his issues. He's inferiority complex yes. to begin with. Absolutely, yeah. All right, so I have, I have a few questions since I have you on the program. First of all, how common is it for a male parent to accompany? Um, that's uh, right. It's not common. And most times when I've seen women with any kind of male figure, um, depending on how his stance is in the room, it almost comes almost like oftentimes there's some kind of discord in their relationship. When you see a male there who is just kind of standoffish, just kind of observing the situation. And it always brings a lot of concerns to me when I see these kind of relationships um, which most times I will have the, the um, man step out. Um, and I don't really ask. I just say, you know what, this is a portion of the, of the exam that I need for you to step out. And if I get a lot of pushback and he's answering for the woman, I have lots of concerns for her well-being and, you know, what that relationship looks like at mm. home. So it's not just about, like, the medicine itself, but you're also stepping in as, as an advocate for the patient. And that is our patient. responsibility. We are, we are licensed, we're trained that we report 
uh, behaviors uh, that seem concerning to the welfare of any person that's less than 18. Each state has their laws about what a, a minor is, but if we have concerns about that based off of the dynamics or you know what is being discussed in the room, it's reportable. Okay, and uh, before we started filming, I, I remember you said something about uh, this is like a topic of discussion amongst... Like, I mean, we OBGYNs, we're outraged. I mean, on all of our social media platforms, it's a discussion across platforms. I mean, we just don't see this. I mean, you know, if somebody came to my office right now and said, oh, can you check the hymen of my daughter? That's a red flag right there. <laughs> all right, I so mean, so these discussions themselves, like, so what's, like, the, the main thing? Like, what are they, like, are they trying to, like, correct some, like, some yeah. notions that are already out there? Or is it, like... Like, what, what exactly is I mean, is the fact that, you know, a woman is prized and virtued by her virginity, um, and now we're trying to check that, is basically another form of oppression. And so mm. um, we're just outraged across the border, you know. You know, you're trying to say that a woman's values and her virginity, and now let's assess that. And assessing that, finding anything that we can, that's tangible, like a hymen. You know, if you look at the structure of a hymen from a, a biologic standpoint, I mean, a, woman, a, a young child can have her hymen destroyed or broken many, many ways. Um, and on top of that, a lot of women have different ways their hymen is, is made. So you can't even assess anything that way. And so, you know, you're trying to say, is she a virgin? Is she, what is her being a virgin? What does that mean? Why is that so important? Um, does that say who she is as a person? Um, it just it just goes back to a lot of uh, psychological oppressions, socio sociological oppressions that men have opposed on women for multiple years, and I can't believe in this day and age we're still experiencing that. It's outrageous. So, like the societal, the religious, whatever, uh, whatever is being tied to virginity. Let's put that aside. So, biologically, you're saying the presence or absence of a hymen has no zero correlation, correlation I mean, to virginity. In, in that, sure, it may rupture during that process, but that is not the only, women, yeah, that's not the only reason why, it. exactly. It's not born with a complete hymen. It could be, you know, it could be, it comes in different shapes and sizes. And so, you know, a lot of men say, oh, if your cherry is not pop, you're not a virgin. Well, each woman is going to present differently. And so that's no determination. I mean, if a woman tells you she's a virgin, she's a virgin. She she's not, she's not, period. That should be the only method you're using to confirm or not confirm. So it's like, first of all, what they're measuring, virginity in itself is flawed. And the way they're measuring it, again, with the presence no of absent scientific it's like that's flawed as well. So like the entire, so the entire equation is the flawed. The premise is flawed. Yeah, because it's, it's like the math and the calculator are both flawed. So it's like this this whole thing, it... I mean, it's it's weird. I guess it's going to be weird once you hear guys talking about it. So I'm very thankful wait, that we wait, have wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> not not only as a woman, but as someone who is literally trained in this. You went to school for a long time. Thank you for that. <laughs> so that the rest of us can just get our secondhand knowledge off of you. And just the kind of expertise and type of understanding that you bring to this topic is invaluable to a lot of us who... Like our our um, the way we might feel about it, it might just be like anecdotal, where it's just like this doesn't make sense. This is very intrusive. This is very uh, this is this is very controlling in a way that he he's so. And some people might see it. Oh, he's being uh, being concerned, and like no, that's not being concerned. Being concerned is asking how her day went. Exactly. I, I'm, or, I'm actually <laughs> concerned, and, and here's why. 
And, you know, since I, I saw when this was trending on, on Twitter, this is my first time listening to the audio in any way, shape or form. And he said something which should be concerning. There was coercion convincing the daughter to, to sign, sign away her rights to privacy while getting a care from the doctor. You understand? So, and, and I have a question. When did this start? When she was 12? Yeah, okay, so that's so that's another one and of the yeah, red flags. He he made it sound like it was something that was ongoing. So it's not like this was the first time that it no, happened. No, it wasn't. And that's why I'm really outraged with the OBGYN providers, if I'm honest. So it's standard. If a woman is a virgin, never ha- has had any sexual intercourse, and she's less than 18, there is no need for a public examination unless she has a specific medical complaint that mm. would entitle you to look down there. And so what I'm trying to say is that, you know, He's comfortable with her being invasively examined on an annual basis to prove something. And who's this OBGYN? Do they see a hymen? Do they not see a hymen? You know, are they just saying that so that everybody's happy? I mean, it's quite sickening. And this poor girl sitting there, nobody's thinking about her emotional state. They're just thinking about, does she have a hymen or not? Yeah, so it, so like the more like I think about the whole thing, like the more, the more depressing it sounds because it's like he's okay with her being violated in this way for his own peace of mind yes as opposed to her having consensual sex elsewhere so (laughs) yeah and then there's also like there are also people who watch their reality show i don't Mm -hmm. but they have there be multiple people who have mentioned this where he talks about his his fifteen year old son having sex and laughing it off, and that is what I'm con- and, and that is the fairness thing that I think needs to be talked about even more, because at the end of the day, you are okay with your fifteen year old son running around sleeping with because I'm sure the fifteen year old probably started with another fifteen year old. Let's be honest, but you are okay with that happening, but you are there sh- not only sheltering your daughter. But invading your daughter's privacy. I don't know if he's okay with either. I just think that he's focusing his priorities on the wrong thing. No, but even like a fifteen-year-old is like in the in the in the grand context of things. Is that someone who can like legally even consent to sexual activity? Like he didn't express like the way he laughed it off. He didn't express any kind of concern. concern was about that. like who was this person? Was this someone who took advantage of you, or is this like like? Did you even understand what was going on, or did you just see this as a strictly physical endeavor, or was it just too chill? like the kind of concern that he should have had in that place was completely removed, and it seems like he's focusing all of it on this eighteen-year-old who now, by all like legally or whatever standard, has the opinion or the right to make that decision for herself, but he seems to be like literally and like inserting himself into like her affairs and like the fact that he's even more concerned about that and it seems like he's more concerned about the optics of it like see my my daughter has not been defiled Mm -hmm. so like so he so in even in his his mind he sees the introduction of a man into her as like like making unpure and like Mm. if you see that as like shouldn't that make you take a look at yourself even more i think it leads to a bigger issue with the african-american um population that we don't train our children on proper sex education and our focus is completely out of focus you know the only thing you should be teaching your kids is why to have safe sex 
what that means, using condoms, um, using contraceptions in order to prevent pregnancies, um, and things that align to that nature, you know. But instead, you know, we're focusing on virginity and um, things that are just not going to help her be an independent woman in society and to have safe sex. And, you know, that's what sex education should be about, not about maintaining your virginity. You can emphasize, you know, why there are benefits to keeping your virginity. There are multiple benefits. But in the end, we have to raise our children to make their own decisions. True. And to be able to be independent in the society. And he's doing not any of that for his daughter right now. And she's going to have a lot of negative um, thoughts about sex and, you know, what that means. And it's going to be really hard for her to navigate. I'm, I'm interested to see how she's going to navigate future and another another unintended consequence of all this is after all of this came out now there have been like hundreds or even thousands of men who have now gone to her instagram flooding her with comments <laughs> talking about they would like to take her virginity I mean, can you i'm like so it's like you're you, you you're doing something where you think erroneously obviously of like protecting her protecting her i'm putting that in quotes from whatever sex might bring and now you've made her a target for these same individuals who it's like it's like the thing you should be protecting her from is bad decisions not like like what like now when we look at it we know that okay your your whole thing is not about oh you want to make sure she's safe you just want to make sure nobody can talk to you about your daughter Mm. so it's like not even about her she's a prop in this whole thing where and like you know, it's it's really unfortunate that in the middle of all this is an eighteen year old girl who just who was just minding her own business, Absolutely. and her dad is oh, just we gotta like, blame the father for that. Yes, Absolutely. and so now what what is supposed to like what is supposed to happen to this doctor now that has because not only has the father failed her, but the medical professional who is supposed to be her advocate, who is supposed to, in addition to providing medical care. Who's supposed to have her yeah. best interests? Like, what happens there? Those complaints have to come from the patient, and so, or from people who are seeing that. So, I'm not sure if they're going to raise any concerns about OBGYN, or it sounds like it could be several OBGYNs. Uh, but, you know, we have to hold our doctors to appropriate standards because that's why we're here to protect our patients. We're here to tell them what's right and what's wrong. Um, and that OBGYN absolutely failed, um, failed her. Right. Well, yeah, multiple times. That's heavy. Yeah, because I know in the black community, uh, especially, we have like not a lot of trust for our medical personnel because they take they typically take our uh, our issues going. our issues <laughs> not as seriously, whether it's in terms of pain management or even issues of uh, uh, death or mortality amongst. Uh, pregnant or and that's and, and that's that's <laughs> that's a, a disparity that hits like you said pain it hits um you know childbirth i mean it, we can talk about it on and on and i and i we have to do better and that's why we have um different um people in place that are just trying to put better policies in place that can improve those disparities because one should feel safe going to the doctor about any of their concern they should feel they're equally being cared for um, and these are some things that just kind of builds the mistrust between the doctor-patient relationship. All right. I, I really, really, really want to thank you for not only uh, providing some much-needed uh, 
expertise, but like so that just not two guys talking about vagina here. Uh, <laughs> I I really appreciate your your insight on this topic, and hopefully, you people that have decided to leave New Jersey can come back and visit us so that. We can have you on a little bit more. I'm, I'm glad to be here. There is no such thing as a virginity exam. Point blank, period. You heard that from me. Yeah, see, I, you, you heard that from someone who went to school for a long time. There is, to reiterate, there is no, no such, such thing. thing. Um, there never will be. Um, and that's just the way it's going to be, guys. So. All right. Thank you very much. All right. All right so we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll be right back. All right, so we're back with the Well Actually podcast. All right, so like I mentioned at the beginning, uh, JJ here is uh, very politically inclined, so he wants to come in and, you know, give us a little information on everything that's going on because, you know, Washington and even local politics is a bit of a shit show right now. But so uh, what did you want to get into first? You want to talk about uh, Captain Cheeto or you want to talk about like the... (laughs) The Democratic uh, candidates, or what do you want to get into first? Uh, I mean, let's look at, and I hope we're gonna, you know, take a look a little bit at the impeachment. Uh, okay. Uh, All know, right. Uh, as we know, for for those who don't know, there's been uh, imp- my fingers <laughs> are crossed. Right fingers are crossed right now. Fingers are crossed right now. For good reasons. Mm-hmm. But but just just quick backstory. Uh, when uh, I think when Trump became president, I can't believe I'm still gonna say yes, that. He said his name. Uh, one of the many few people that I was watching the election night, which was actually told you. Yeah. And you would think our girlfriend broke up with us that night. <laughs> That's how sad we were. You understand. It was, it was a very so, sad night. Yes. This is something that were that you know that we've actually experienced together for a while now. So, uh, impeachment inquiry is going on in Washington D.C. right now. Um, for those who don't know what the backstory is, uh, I'm just gonna be as quick as possible just to you know shed some light into this. Uh, during Obama's presidency, uh, Ukraine was invaded. A part of Ukraine on the eastern side was invaded by Russia. Uh, the place is called Crimea. It was annexed. Uh, you know, although Obama said Russia cannot cross that red line, but you know, the way politics works sometimes, things happen and there's nothing you can do. But invading a sovereign nation is actually a very big and huge thing. So since that time, uh, the Congress comes together, they approved uh, military aid towards Ukraine. Let's keep that in mind. This is Congress approved, which means Congress has the power over this. Yes, the president can do one or two things, but Congress still have to put the funding out there. So, uh, they have money that have been approved to Ukraine. They get it, no string attached, because uh, when we look at our national security interest, uh, a Western-backed Ukraine, which means a Ukraine that is good with democracy, actually is good to the national security of the United States. So, we don't want any... Uh, anything from the east, like you know, like Russia, like China, like uh, North Korea, to be uh, tampering with their democracy and stuff like that. So moving forward to this current presidency of Trump, uh, there was a there was a conspiracy theory out there to make uh, your president looks good. And what do you mean, my president? No, it, it, my, my my president is the my president is still black. Uh-huh. So so the conspiracy theory was that Ukraine was behind the uh, interference in the 2016 election instead of Russia. So that was a conspiracy that the president, Antony, and, uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani 
that was pushing. And also back then, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, uh, was on the board of a gas electric co co company called Burisma in, in, uh, in Ukraine. So pretty much uh, Trump was telling Ukraine that, hey, guess what? I want you guys to investigate Joe Biden's son. Uh, Joe Biden is one of the uh, primary candidates on the Democratic side. So he could get some dirt. Mm. Now, for you to be able to give me that dirt, before you give me that dirt, rather, I'm going to hold the foreign aid, the military aid. That and and this, is the, this is the aid that Congress has approved. That Congress has approved. I think it's about $400 million, mm -hmm. you know, that's supposed to go to Ukraine. So pretty much, uh, so when these negotiations were going on, now this is where this actually get juicy. Uh, there's a guy called uh, Mr. Sunderland. He's the ambassador to EU. Uh, there's another woman, uh, Maria. I think her last name is Jana Tovish. She's the Ukraine ambassador. Giuliani found a way for them to kick her out. So instead of us having the regular uh, policy with Ukraine, there was a back channel huh. that was going on. You know, instead of the regular foreign policy that is clean, that is legit. So they removed those people. But thank God for a guy called Bill Taylor. Bill Taylor is also a career diplomat. So what Bill Taylor realized that what was going on wasn't good. You know, there's something fishy that is going on right here. It's actually in the text messages that he was exchanging with another guy called Kurt Volker, the, you know, the bad people on, that, on those other side. Uh, now, fast forward, what Trump wanted them to do is to announce uh, that they will be investigating Joe Biden's son. And guess what? Mm. They actually agreed that they're going to do it. They had a CNN interview already scheduled with uh, Farid Zakari huh. that was already scheduled. But because the whistleblower report came out two days wow. before the interview, that is how they were cut. Hmm. So that allowed Ukraine to be able to back out and they already got their foreign aid. So uh, come next week, and that is not even the best summary of what has been going on in that impeachment front. But come next week, uh, there's going to be public airing. And you're going to be airing people like, you know, uh, they actually, there's a subpoena out there for the chief of staff, uh, Moveni, right now. So you will be seeing some testimonies, and I'll be very honest with you, we cannot take these things for granted. You understand? We really cannot, and it's something that we, as public, we need to pay attention to in regards to this uh impeachment area okay so as someone who might not be as polit politically inclined or who is just like maybe isn't putting two and two together mm -hmm. why is it that what trump did was something that was worthy of these <sighs> impeachment proceedings well uh there's this little something called abuse of power oh, okay all right <laughs> you know uh i mean but how is this any different from any other day he has uh, served in office well so you know they always say in court is not about what you can present it's about what you can prove okay uh during the whole russia thing that russia should release the emails of hillary clinton those things were things that happened in the past so he's he's asked to go back this is like catching someone right in the middle of a crime because uh, there was a phone call on July 25 uh, to the newly uh, newly minted president of Ukraine uh, uh, where uh, Trump asked him that, oh, guess what? 
you know, and this is not necessarily the way he said it, but this is the gist of it. Okay. Uh, you know, we've been giving you guys all this money, all this while as the United States, but I need you guys to do us a favor, though. Mm, so I and the so favor I is the okay. investigation. Uh, and, and, and for the regular people out there, that this is important to who we are as a country. You understand? Think about it. If, you know, the way authoritarian things begin is a president who can abuse power, who can do anything mm. without being checked. And the way our founding fathers wrote the constitution is so that all these branches, executive, all these uh, branches of government, they can check each other. I'm, I'm sorry. There, <laughs> there's some dogs trying to invade the studio, but you know, continue. Right. Yeah. So, so, so the, the way our founding father sent these things up is so that the branches of government can check each other. You know, right. the judiciary checks the legislature, so nobody can, you know, go out and do anything. And trust me, uh, these are just the bad things that happen that we are pointing out. There are lots of other bad policies that have been passed by this government. So it's something that we really do need to pay attention to. And, and there's no podcast long enough to get into all those bad Trust policies. me. We, 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 <laughs> you know, uh, and this goes back to what we said initially about us knowing what is going on. And uh, myself and my wife, we had a conversation recently about people don't really care about the news until it affects them. A Ukraine policy doesn't affect anybody on what they have to eat or what they have to drink you understand so it's really hard especially with the type of 24-hour cable news that we have these days but i would just advise you you know find one source of news you know maybe it's npr if you are driving from one block to the other just listening to some news try to know what is going on in your environment or of course you could subscribe to the well actually podcast yes right there and we will you know try to keep you all informed but it's obvious where I stand when it comes to y'all's president. But, you know, uh, I would not consider myself part of the resistance. But if that's what you want to call me, I will not object. Uh, moving forward to the people who actually are part of the resistance, uh, <laughs> the candidates for the Democratic Party. They seem to be dropping left and right. Beto is out along with all the other people who are doing this as a hobby. Matthew Yang is still in. Uh, is yeah, he's and Andrew Yang. <laughs> Andrew Yang is still yeah, in. Yeah, because he has more money than most of them combined. And he's isn't he the one that wants to give all of us money just for well, being... Well, you got to get $1,000 every month I, if I, he becomes president. I, I don't see it's very realistic. But well, I, I, support, I support that idea. <laughs> Whoever else wants to carry that idea. And we've had, like, how many debates have we had where it just seems like the stage is crowded? I think we've had, uh, you know, we've had some town halls. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had some regular debate. And, and, and I'll be very honest, uh, the demogra- the democratic field was crowded at the beginning. I believe we had uh, 20 uh, candidates. The uh, debates had to be set in two nights, You know, right? it has to be, you know, the, the J-League and the NBA type of the debates. But, you know, we, we are weeding people out at this moment. You understand, and and a little bit, uh, we're weeding people out. Uh, also, uh, recently, I think this actually happened, came into the news today. Uh, Mayor, former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg, he said he will be joining the Alabama primary. He's gonna be coming in on the two Super Tuesday. I don't know how true this is. Also, the former Attorney General Eric Holder, uh, I think he's just gonna waste his time. Yeah. Even like someone like Michael Bloomberg, I, I'm sorry. 
uh, is run as a Republican, I believe. I might, I might, I don't know how, how, how good that information was, but I definitely know that he's also run as an independent. Yes. So this is not his first rodeo, and I don't think America needs the repeat of the same thing at this point. Uh, the person that I will pay attention to, which and I can't lie about this, I love her policies. You understand? Is uh, Elizabeth Warren? She's the uh, senator from the state of uh, Massachusetts. Right. You understand? Uh, she has Medicare for all that is out there. Uh, early pre-K education, mm. and and uh, and I, I ju- the only problem I just see with the old Democratic field as a whole uh, is messaging problem. Oh, yeah, so what? So what? What do you mean by that messaging problem? Well, uh, they are uh, they are not explaining the things they stand for in a way that people can connect to it. So, isn't this a product of just having too many people on stage during these debates? Like the fact that you're bouncing between 12, 10, 12 people. It mm-hmm. not only does it give each person less time. To, to talk, but it gives you like less time to say what you're all about and less time to defend it once what your stance is is attacked. I, I agree. I agree. But you, let's keep in mind, the debate shouldn't be the place where your main message is coming out. Oh. This should come in your rallies. This should come in the town hall meetings that you have. You know, there, there's something called a retail politics. The door-to-door politics that a social organizer actually do, where you, you know, maybe it's just a bar, it might be 10, 10 15 people there. You understand? Yes, is these uh, this takes a lot of energy. It mm-hmm. could be tiring, but you want to have as much time as possible to actually let people know what you stand for. And the Democrats, and, and I'll be very, very, uh, like, don't be shocked. Trump might win the next election if so, he doesn't get impeached. So you you say this, but then before that, you mentioned like a whole bunch of policies that we know Elizabeth Warren stands for. Yes. So is it that the Democrats as a whole don't have like one common message, or is it that the other candidates aren't just relaying their message as well? Well, um, number the, so in the Democratic field, the message I would say it is twofold. Okay. Okay. One is to the left, you know, the left part, and then we have the moderates, the people that are trying to say, you know, uh, oh, Medicare for all is too big. Let's just expand Obamacare and things like that. But my concern is that they give us all these bullet points about what their plan is, but they are not sitting down with people to let them know at the core, this is how my plan affects your life. At the core, this is what you get for this plan, for that plan. Hey, if somebody says Medicare for, and, and, and let's go back, let's go back. Let's let's even leave this current election. If people are voting against Obamacare, and yet they are enjoying the Affordable Care, Care Act, Act. Yes. something is wrong. So that, so that, what I feel, the thing I, 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 that really stuck out to me about that whole Obamacare thing was, it was really Republicans who were pushing for it to be called Obamacare mm-hmm. so that it could be tied to him specifically. It might yes. have had some vanity to it for President Obama at the time mm-hmm. because, I mean, it's something that was monumental. It was something that even like... Okay, so there's something I read recently where but, it was... But, but hold on, before you go to mm-hmm. what you read. So, so let me tell you, here's something. So, and this just popped into my brain. Okay. How did Obama win the election? Obama won with the people. Uh-huh. But he didn't govern 
with the people. And that's something that Trump is doing well. Uh, Trump wait, how, is, how do you explain so, that? Trump won with the people, but every single policy that Trump wants to implement, Trump is literally having a rally for every policy where he's using the power of the people to pressure the house and to pressure the Senate. So is is he, is he really even governing right now? Because it seems because you know the moment he won mm-hmm. the first election. He incorporated his re-election campaign almost immediately. Well, it, it kind of found a loophole yeah, in terms so, of like you know all these rallies because he he is more connected to his base. Like immediately, and maybe this is not Obama's fault or Democrat. And I know we're moving back to 2018 to 2016. Yeah. It's like oh, Obama, we got you into the presidency now. Go figure it out. So okay, so this is what I think about the whole thing about Obama, like. We elected a black man as president. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just going to be the president of black people. And I'm not talking of black. No, people. no, 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 no. Because I'm, this is this is uh, this is something that uh, the disenfranchised folks have mentioned before as a a reason that that they're going with Trump now, mm-hmm. or why they feel Democrats don't have a chance later on. Because this was someone who actually was concerned about you know following the law mm. and not just, you know, uh, enacting things on a whim by being emotional. It was actually like considering a whole bunch of things. But even before I get to that, <clears throat> the reason why a lot of people are even understanding what Trump is doing is because you're more likely to excuse the actions of someone you like. Of course. Even in the case of Obama, we, a lot of us might love him, but not everything he did was right. Mm. Like, some of them were just, like, when you're not the person that's suffering of it, you don't see it that way. But there are some people in other countries who found some of his policies just downright despicable. And, of course, as someone who supported him as president of the United States, Mm -hmm. I would be more inclined to excuse his acts because I supported him. Mm -hmm. So, in in that regard, I can see why some people might be more inclined to support Trump. But then when you see what he's actually doing, it's like, no, he's not doing this because he like all the all of his promises. People are saying, oh, he's doing he's he's a good president because he's he's doing what he said. That, that's not true. And that's that is utter nonsense because like you that's that's the difference between an adult and a child. Like a child just says what's on its mind and damn the consequences. Mm-hmm. An adult realizes that there are ramifications to what you say. That's true. And not only that, but not only ramifications for yourself, but ramifications for other people as well. Mm-hmm. And he seems to only think about what's going to happen with him and his business interests, as well as the interests of his cronies. That, that's very true. And it is, and what he's doing is actually like, in a, in essence, like selling out the American public so that the one percent of the one percent are the ones benefiting. Mm-hmm. Like when you factor in the tariffs and all, the, like. All these jobs that left, all these mining jobs, all these manufacturing jobs that left, they're never coming back. They're not. That 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 is uh, might be a tough pill for some people to swallow, but they're never coming back. And they were true before he got into office. They're true now, and they're going to be true in the future. But the fact that these people are now like pushing these things as like the black people are immigrants. Can I can I ask you a question? Sure. And I and I like the fact that you went quickly into the cold country right Mm -hmm. now. Who are you more going to believe? Someone who comes that, oh, those cold jobs, 
I'm going to find a way to bring them back, mm -hmm. which, and let, let's be honest, when, when Trump speaks to those people, they are other, he's tapping into some other seeds that is just not just actually about their job. Right. Now, compare that to a Democrat who just come, who, who says that, you know, jo your job is not coming back. Mm -hmm. But yet, they didn't sit down to explain to these people. Because let's keep in mind, jobs like mining is quite generational mm. in the Midwest. It's the thing that, you know, maybe the grandfather did, the father did, and the son is now doing. You understand? But the problem is the Democrats, when they go into this Midwest, I worked in the Midwest, I worked in Ohio, I went to all these places, and it is really literally deserted. But when you go back there to tell them, oh, your cool job is not coming back. Number one, are they explaining the new policy to them? And two... Did they even try to implement anything? Okay, that so, I'll, so I'll answer. I'll answer uh, question two, because during the Obama administration, towards the end of his administration, when he was already moving, he knew that the 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 way that the energy sector was moving towards natural gas as well as other renewable sources, mm -hmm. he made like there were policies that were being put in place, not necessarily already in place, but he was trying to enact. That was going to actually like benefit the people of the Midwest of that Rust Belt of those coal uh those coal country that it enacted like it it was supposed to be about them either getting training getting funding or getting like enlightened on what the next stage of energy was going to be mm -hmm. because they were they like the people who are in charge of these coal companies who are funding other like Republican candidates aren't going to tell you that oh. We're, we're bankrupt or this or that. They're just going to keep putting... They're just going to keep putting money into who's going to keep them in power. That is true. And maybe, like... Maybe what they were doing wasn't aggressive enough. Maybe they weren't getting as much rah-rah as... This is how we're going to do it. And like you said, there were some other things that were tapped into when... Yeah, when these rallies were going on. And, and I think once Obama got out of office and realized just how crazy things had gotten. That's when he came out and said like, okay, you people are so concerned about being gentlemen. And he himself was guilty of this as well. He was. He was very guilty of this where he was talking, it was like always trying to take the high road. And like, you people are so concerned about that, that you're, 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 you're going to be a gentleman and a loser. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, this guy is going to do another full term in office. Like what you need to worry about is actually like getting your shit together and, don't be afraid to be the bad guy in this thing because they all they want they want to they want to win and keep their hands clean at the same time and, and, and that's the thing and if you be more mm. uh I, I i hope i pronounce his, his name very well uh on hbo right you know he always says something that democrats doesn't know how to get dirty mm. them and that's the thing you know like republicans play dirty I, i'm not and i'm not encouraging playing dirty in politics but like, it's just, we don't know how to explain things. We don't know how to, like, for example, when you talked about Obama, you know, people getting trained. That wasn't until his second term. You understand? And I know people were being trained, at, I, I believe it was out to make solar batteries uh -huh. and stuff like that. And people want to feed their family today. Uh -huh. People are not planning to wait till, okay, what happens in three years? What happened in four years? So how about... I don't know why this thing didn't happen during his first term. You understand? Where you actually, people actually go 
And a lot of money was put into renewable energy. Let's be very clear. A lot of money. Well, you have to understand. Was in his, in it, wasn't it during his first term that he had to bail out Wall Street? And that is true. That is where we're going through the yeah. whole so, so you see, he is he, you you can't tell someone to to steer a sports car with one hand tied behind their back. And I and I I, I, I agree. And I'm and, and let's, let let me be very clear. I'm not blaming Obama in these things. But if if actually if I'm to blame him for one thing is when it comes to governing, you understand, which is not just a problem that was with Obama. I, I'm just looking at the way Trump is doing some things. Who is not really a politician, but leveraging the people. That is why Republicans, you know, like, you know, there were Democrats that voted against immigration yes. bills. Yes. See, okay, Do so, you okay. think any Republican will dare vote against a bill that Trump is putting so, on the table? So this is something that I like. Once I found, I found out a while ago, but. It's something that neither party would actually like want to admit out loud was in terms of deportation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The president that oversaw most of that, like in sheer numbers, was Obama. Obama yeah. But the thing is, the Democrats would not want to take ownership of that and Republicans would not want to give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. So it's just sort of this thing that just sort of hangs. It's like you can find the numbers if you want. But nobody is just actively putting them out there. That's true. Because with because then also the way that he did it, there was some dignity to it. There was dignity to it. There was not separation of families. There was not. It was just like we have this process that we we deem uh, we deem it fair and we deem it right. And if you do it according to this process, you get in. That's when DACA was enacted and all that. Yeah. And now it's just sort of like haphazard. Where it's just like no. If y'all go somewhere else, you're not getting in, we're taking your kids. And then you now find out that there are like thousands and thousands of kids that can Actually, no longer be... Can I no, believe it's 5,300. Can, can no longer be accounted for. Like just straight up no longer be accounted for. And once you consider things like that, it's like, how are you still voting for this man? How are you still supporting him in anything that he does? When you're finding out that people are actually being like separated from their families and in a sense, like essentially... You know, this is just trafficking, like government-sanctioned trafficking, in, in essence. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I really do agree with that. My, my thing at the end of the day is just that, and you know, not to go off rail, is the Democratic Party needs to do a better job. You know, the field is going to dwindle down. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it might end up being uh, Sanders, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren. I think Kamala Harris is going to also hang in till the very end. Uh, I think this guy will be dropping out very soon. Uh, the former mayor of Newark, oh, Cory Booker. Uh, Cory Booker. I, I don't. The numbers are not there for him. Uh, what about Castro? Ca- Castro was never viable. I- I'm sorry, Newland Castro was never viable. So there's nothing against a 37 year old Harvard graduate. You understand because we've also, I believe, uh, we have other young presidents like that and stuff, but it's not gaining traction. You understand? But what I would say is, let's wait for Iowa. You know, let's see what happens in Iowa. Then, you know, after Iowa, many people do drop out depending on how they do during the first primaries and stuff. But I just still think, I, and I'll be very honest, whoever become the Democrats' nominee for president, imagine Hillary Clinton didn't go to Wisconsin. To 
to campaign. Wisconsin. But see, I, I feel like that's that's an oversimplification we, of, of not, the thing. It, I, I, it's, I, I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm just saying we need to go to every state. We need to have as many. And, and I'm not just talking about a big rally where you just gave a rah-rah speech. And, no, no, no. I'm not talking about that. Rallies where you actually explain things in a way that when people leave. Because let's be honest. The Obama run was because of this is something different. Mm. We were our spirits were lifted. Mm. This needs to be my pocket is going to be lifted. Things is actually going to get better for me based on this plan, and it needs to be like it can't just be that oh I'm not going to raise taxes on middle class and just stop there. No, how are you going to fund all these other things? How are you going to implement all these other things so people can understand the choices that they have? All right, so. The way I see the Democratic Party now is, is it going to be the best candidate that comes out or just who they think can beat Trump? Honestly, uh, it's going to be Trump. Because if it's going to be the latter, if it's going to be a decision of who can beat Trump, they're just going to put up another white man against him. That is is usually how that goes. Mm -hmm. Because like... I would love it to be Elizabeth Warren. Honestly, I'm not going that, to lie. That, that uh, is... I, I, I really love it to be her because uh, not only do I think she can beat Trump, I actually do think she has very, very good policies. Yes. You understand? You know, and like this, I, I, you know, all this, you know, billionaire tax and stuff like that. I understand that maybe not necessarily the numbers that she put out. Even Bill Gates was speaking recently that, guess what? She's, he's already paying 10 billion in taxes right now. He can do 20 billion, okay. but he can't so, do 100 billion. So, okay, so I'm, I'm glad you actually brought that up because once people see those numbers about taxation and mm-hmm. tax brackets, the people who stand to gain from those uh, those policies not being enacted will continue to push uh, a, a false narrative when it comes to taxation. Mm-hmm. So when you see something like uh, 20% on this, the thing that a lot of people don't understand, or 40% or 30% as it, as it grows, is mm-hmm. that, first of all, what, what whatever you're hearing, just straight 40%, that is false. That is false. That is just straight false. Because... What they're trying to do with the taxation is is once you go beyond a certain amount, then that excess start, that excess is what is taxed at that rate. So it's not just okay, you make a hundred thousand, they're taxing you forty percent. That is ludicrous. Like that's just that is just ridiculous. So what I would like uh, what I would hope people do when it comes to like an issue this important is to actually go and do some in like go and do some just quick studying on what your tax bracket actually means to you. And I, I, I will tell you this. So the Democrats actually have one thing that is going to work on their side. Okay. Now this is if they know how to explain it to the people. Okay. Guess where I went earlier today? What was that? I went to see my tax guy. Okay. <laughs> and we have this new tax law that Trump just passed. Uh, it started 2018 to 2019. And trust me, the middle class is gonna get crushed. Trust me. Like the amount, and the reason why I think it's gonna work for the sake of the Democrats is from January 15, people can start filing their tax. Mm. All those new changes is gonna come into reality, and then you can see just all those promises he was making that you thought were gonna work out for you. But guess what? If we don't have a candidate 
that can explain to people because sometimes people can even be feeling a pain and they still don't understand where the pain comes from mm. you understand so when they can explain to people that hey guess what remember that that taxes that i told you that oh is not going to affect you this is how it is affecting you right now you understand because at the end of the day it didn't affect the uh the low income it, so actually it didn't give any money to the low income it gave more money <laughs> to, to, the super the, to, to the super wealthy. And you know what happened to the people in the middle? Huh. All those deductions that you were able to do before, sure. you are no longer nope. able to do them. Nope. Trust me. All those money you are, you are... And I'm very sorry to inform you guys via this podcast right now. Yeah. You know that refund check you always bank on? You're getting less this year. Yep. Just and it's because of that law that was passed. So I hope the Democratic Party... Yes, you know, I mean, because of, of, of the everyday scandal that is happening in Washington, D.C., we didn't even remember that that tax was passed. Mm. You understand? So it's something that they need to bring back to focus. It's something that they need to talk about. They need to make everybody know about it. Hey, guess what? This is what is going on right now. All right. So before we wrap up this political discussion, it's just this is just something that came to me. And I don't know if you have uh, any like insight on this, but why is it that folks in nigeria specifically in nigeria specifically not just nigerians in america but folks in nigeria seem to gravitate towards the republican party and not just republican party trump's republican party like what do you think they see in him that makes them feel like they're allies the same person who called nigeria a shithole country and the same person who wouldn't actually once them in the country like what do you think he speaks to in the nigerian psyche that just like i, I have zero idea I, I i i actually i haven't seen much of the people that were saying that uh. but like you know you know i know there's this nigerian twitter type of a thing and even folks in nigeria get to be more involved in american politics you know they put so much energy into it what they see i don't know because i don't know what value to attach myself to like, yeah, like like once you m- mention every part of him, like what part of that makes you think like this is someone you should you should be celebrating because like he, I guess they're just like, like the he, uh, the evangelicals over here he, too because I don't know what those people see either. That that is that is that is a very fair point because again this is someone I honestly I'm is is that to relate with I, but, but but if we can look at one thing and I and you know uh, and I know we didn't plan for this. Which I think is important. Uh, you know that show called Newsroom? Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. There was something I learned from Newsroom. In every debate, there's no two sides to all debates. Oh. Let's be very honest. Okay. If you watch CNN today, uh, they will bring someone from the left. And for some reason, they will find a crazy person <laughs> from the right to mm. provide a counterpoint. And I think, you know, I, I don't agree with Trump saying the media is the enemy of the people because that is uh, something that Stanley said. Mm-hmm. You understand? That is a, a authoritarian saying. But the news media needs to cover American politics differently. Every topic does not need to have a Trump supporter to provide a great... There is no two sides to every story. That's got to stop. Yes, that that one that I agree with because it's just sort of like turning CNN to ESPN. Yeah, it's like everything doesn't have to be who is getting the most points. Like everything doesn't need a counterpoint. No, not at all. Yeah, but you know what? 
Um, I'm glad we got to have this discussion on this because I would have gone crazy trying to come up with this by myself. <laughs> so before we go, like I have a little, <clears throat> a little quiz for you. You know, just Ooh, rapid fire. All right. Just honest answers. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind and no and uh, just trying to have a little fun here. All right, let's do it. All right. So I'm sure your your wife might be listening, but don't worry. Don't don't even think about it, that. I won't think about. Just it. you know, just I just won't. just focus on the answers. Get me in as much trouble as possible. Let's right. do it. Uh, all right. So the first question is: Would you rather pee a golf ball or shit a bowling ball? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, oh my God! I could feel that pain. I was just imagining. God, yeah. uh, I'll pee a ball. Uh, I'll pee a golf ball. You, that. you will pee a golf ball for real, for oh, real. Which O is bigger though? <laughs> wait, wait, I don't want to. I don't want to think I about mean, that. You gotta think about the question. I don't want to think about that. I don't know. I, no, they are both painful. That's that's for you to dis- that No, I don't want to. You are you peeing a golf ball? Or are you shooting a bowling ball? Let's. What size is the bowling dude, ball? Dude, leave. Yeah, I don't. Okay, an eight, eight pound bowling ball. An eight pound bowling ball. Oh my god, I'm in so much pain. Uh, I'll go with the golf ball still. Wow. I hope it can come out. I don't know how, but I hope it can come out. You you, you plan on having kids, right? I do. Okay. All right. <laughs> just I'm I'm just trying to. All right. All right. Uh, when was the last time you were in a fist fight? Oh, I remember this. Um, you know, I went to secondary school in Nigeria. And oh, that long ago. It was okay. that long ago. Okay. I believe I was in what you guys call grade nine over here. Okay. And, you know, there's something we call monkey post. <laughs> so we were playing monkey post and this guy, his name is Shion. I actually remember his name. Ah. He, he just, he came into me, back tackle. And this was inside of the class. We played monkey post at the back of the class. Uh-huh, you understand? Of course. So we just got into a fist fight. Uh, Who won? I won, actually. I threw him into the chairs. I will never forget. I, so, I, I've fought a few times in my life. I will never... And actually, there was a fight that I had in JSS one that guy, he punched me and knocked me out. So I'm not going to So you, you got had, KO'd? I got KO'd in one. Ah, I got KO'd in one. So, okay. you know, I'm not proud to admit it, but I got KO'd. But ah. this one with Sean, I remember winning that fight. So your record is... You, you, have, you, have, you have a 500 record. I have a 500, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's better than the Golden State Warriors right now. Wow. See, and I, did, and I didn't even get to talk basketball with you. Alright, uh, french fries or sweet potato fries? <laughs> oh my god, sweet potato fries. Okay. <laughs> oh my, oh my. That, that was a good one, that was a good one, that was a good one. Okay, uh, what about the the event that has had you, like, the most afraid you've ever been? Oof. Okay, alright, this is a, afraid, this is a bit of a story. Mm. Uh... Back in 2006, I think I got my first internship in New York. So, you know, 9-11 have already happened and everything. And I, it was downtown Manhattan, a manhole part. You know, the manhole, mm-hmm. I think the steam was too much, it part. So, it created so much sound, people thought it was a bump blast. Ooh. And everybody on the street just went to the ground. I will never forget that. Oh, okay. Not that. I will never forget that. Because, you know, you know New York, how yeah. big it is. And, you know, since 9-11, everybody's just sensitive. or like, but I will never forget. That got me scared. Okay. That, that got dark very fast. That got me scared. Okay. All right. So, 
this one uh hopefully to lift the spirits okay if you could switch places with one person for a day who would it be oh my god for a day for a day it could be any person, any gender, whoever. Any person, any gender. I mean, I don't want to know what they feel like trying to do booty, but I'll take Will Smith. You'll be Will Smith. It's funny. So the last person that asked that actually said Will Smith. I'll take Will Smith. That is crazy. The, the guy seems to be having so much fun. With that is life. crazy. Yeah, he yeah. seems to be having How so is, much fun. Out of everybody, two people have. I, I will. I will. I mean. You know, and I don't even know his full story, but I look at his body of work. I look at, you know, Will Smith for a time, you know, any movie appears in, in, you know, Hollywood is box office. And I just, I just like what the man is about. Yeah. You understand? And I don't, I mean, one thing that I would love, I don't know what he does with charity and stuff and helping people. You understand? But just as a person, you know, the life is living, having fun, bungee jumping, you yeah. know, going to the World Cup yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. I'll, I'll take with me. Uh, and like I said, uh, last time I asked someone this question, if I'll switch places with anybody, it will be Rihanna. Because really? I would like to know what it would be <laughs> like to be the object of affection for question. over a billion people. Okay. Okay. Even if it's for a day. And yeah. also, it's like, I don't know, just to see what it'd be like to have a clip. Uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Moving on, all right. So, final question: What three words would you like? Would you hope that people describe you as? It doesn't have to be a phrase. It could just be three separate words. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be a. Phrase. It doesn't have to be a phrase. It could be three separate and it words. Could be, it can be a sentence. It, if you want to, it doesn't just it doesn't matter. I mean, so have to be. just and, three words. And, you know, interestingly, this is something that came up during the wedding and stuff. I was so shocked that people went out of their way to help and stuff like that. And that's just something that I've always loved about myself. Just someone who I'll go out of my way to help people. Mm. You understand, you know. And I love to being seen as being fair. Mm. To be very, I could be very, I could be fair to a fault. I'm not going to support you just because you're my boy or anything. If you're wrong, you're wrong. I'll let mm. you know. And the last thing will probably be hard working. Okay. Um, I and I can attest. I, I can attest to that. <laughs> like my money comes yeah, first. I, I can attest to that personally. Alright, sir, I really, really want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank it's, you so much. It's been a long oh, time. Oh, and don't forget, I have nothing against Trevor Noir. Let me mm. be honest with mm-hmm. you. It's just that I, you know, I miss John Stewart a lot. I believe John Stewart was a voice of reasoning during the dark days of George Bush. You understand? I, I just have like a, I never met the man in my life, but mm. for some reason, I have a personal connection with him. Mm. So. But you know what? I, I we didn't even get to talk about that. But you know what? Maybe we'll save that for a part two. No problem. And we can we can dis- dissect that a little bit further. But yeah. thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been a blast. You know? And where where can everybody find you on? Where IG, Twitter, Facebook, High Five, well, MySpace. Where I, I'm on Instagram. Uh, the name is at Agent JJ. You know. You know. And oh, the OBGYN that we had earlier, mm-hmm. which is my wife. I love you, babe. Uh, she's at July. Don't worry, just go to my page on Instagram. You will find her. Uh, Twitter, I just do Twitter to read what is going on to keep and, up to date. And you know. to troll uh, uh, Republicans. And to troll Republicans, yes, you know, yes. from time to time. Yes. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And again, we'll try and find a part two for this. Well, actually, podcast, we out. Again, I'd like to thank JJ and his wife, Dr. Fatsuroti, for joining me on this episode. I hope to continue having interesting conversations with our guests. 
And I also want to say a little bit more about the whole T.I. conversation. And first things first, these discussions are not really about the celebrities themselves because they seldom, if ever, listen to the feedback. It's more for the people who idolize them or pay attention to them or use them to justify their own actions. And it's when you're more concerned about optics than the actual well-being of your child, that's not love. That's just control. And I've heard from some people that this sort of overbearing parenting is what forces kids to become extremely sneaky. Anyway, I'd like to thank you again for listening to the Well Actually podcast. Please uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube. We'll try and do this again next week. Take it easy. Thank you.